All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What the fuckaholics? Hi, I'm Mark Marin. This is my show. This is WTF. I'm perspiring in my garage. I think I fucked myself somehow. I think I did myself in. I almost died. I almost died today. Oh, I'm, try- I'm still trying to catch my... I'm serious. I almost died. You know, stay tuned for that story. God damn it. Oh, can I mention right out of the gate, Australia. I don't know what time it is there, ever. I, I think it's like uh, 5, 9, 14 hours, 15 hours later than here. It doesn't matter. Doesn't That's not the point. Uh, my date's in Australia. I'm going to be coming to Australia. I'll be in Sydney on Thursday, October 15th at the State Theater. I'll be in Melbourne on Friday, October 16th at the uh, Palace. Is it Palace? Palace? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I'll be in Brisbane on Saturday, October 17th at City Hall. I'm sweating right now. Tickets are on sale starting tomorrow, August 7th. Go to ticketmaster.com.au. Apparently, all the tickets are on sale at the same place there. Looking forward to coming back to Australia. Been a long time. We got a pretty loaded show today. I got uh, Jason Bateman. Had a blast with Jason Bateman. And then uh, got a little uh, before Jason Bateman. I will talk to uh, the wonderful Bobcat Goldthwaite. And Barry Crimmins about the the documentary Call Me Lucky, which is about Barry Crimmins. It's a heavy film, but it's handled with a delicate balance of of funny and depth and pain. It's a, it's a hell of a documentary, that thing. So we'll talk to them about that. <coughs> oh, my God. What did I do to myself? You guys, look. I couldn't even talk. I had to do phoners in Australia, and I, and I couldn't even think properly or speak properly because I did... Um, I tend to be a little, not self-loathing, but self-critical, and I, I tend to, uh, you know, uh, judge myself harshly, especially around body issues, and I've been uh, you know, on the road and eating freely, freely shoving shit into my mouth uh, with no sort of uh, control or responsibility. Sure, I'll have a pretzel roll on the plane. I'm flying first class. I'm entitled to a pretzel roll and a cookie, and tr- if you have ice cream, you, it's, we're in the air. That, it's meaningless. It's erased automatically. Flying ice cream does not apply. Anyway, so I'm, I'm feeling a little doughy and feeling a little shitty. And there was a time in my life, people, I don't know if you know this, where I exercised pretty regularly. I went to yoga. I used to do that every Sunday. I'd eat healthy. Uh, there was a time where I'd do sit-ups and core exercises and work on the ball a little bit. You know what I mean? Resistance training. I like to think I was in pretty fucking good shape on a core level, but that drifted over the last couple of years. It drifts. It gets away from you. You're like, I got to get back to that. Yeah, and when I really think about it, I haven't fucking been on a regular exercise regimen in years now. This is fading memory that I hold on to like it was fucking yesterday. So I'm beating the shit out of myself since I got home a few days ago from touring extensively and not really being at home to plant my ass into my life. And I'm like, I got to get running again. I got to get a run. And I think I talked to you guys about this before. I was running the hills around here. I was able to run these two massive hills in this little circle that I do. And I got to that point where I was able to do that. But so now I've just been sitting around chipping away on the fucking lozenges again. I had a guest interview today, and then it was like around 12, 30, 1 o'clock, and I'm doing some other shit, getting some shit done, and then, uh, and then I'm like, I got to run. I got to run. And when you're, when you're on the fence about running, when the spirit moves you, you better get moving. You better put that spirit into some sneakers and take it outdoors and hit it. But I knew I should go to the gym because it's hot as fuck. I didn't know how hot. I didn't know it was 95 I didn't know it was like close to 100 degrees out, but the spirit wanted to run and I was going to run with that spirit. This is not a complicated spirit. This is a a very basic jogging spirit. So 
I'd get on my shoes. I'd do my stretching. I knew I should have gone to the gym, but I didn't have time. I had to be back for a thing. So, uh, so I went out into the 95-degree heat to run my circle up the hills, and I haven't done it really in months. And it was a classic stubborn old guy bullshit thing to do. Just that, you know, you know, when your dad says, no, fuck it, we're driving. Or when the pilot says, I don't care. I got my own plane. I, this storm means nothing. It was one of those dumb, prideful, bullshit things to do as a guy that's 51 years old. So I hit the hills, made the first one, ran it. Then I felt a weird numbness in my chest that spread through my arms, a sort of excited numbness. I imagine excited numbness is what is the first symptom before the lights go out indefinitely. So I felt this weird, excited numbness in my arms. And I'm like, I've kind of felt that before. And I keep running and I'm like, whoa, I have a hard time catching my breath. And then like, you know, I'm getting a little dizzy and I'm like, all right, all right, dude, it's you're not, it's not, you're not failing if you walk a bit. And I'm like, yeah, but I am. So I keep running and then I got no choice to walk because my legs have the excited numbness. So now I've got excited numbness in all my limbs that's coming and going. And I'm like, this is fucked up. But I stayed on it. I didn't run, but I walked the whole way. I had to sit down twice, and I was sweating, and I thought the lights were going out, man. I texted my girl. I said, hey, man, I'm in trouble, and she called right away. She said, I'm at Whole Foods. Is there anything I can get you that'll help you? I'm like, I, I just, I don't know if I'm going to make it home. I just wanted to give you a heads up. I might not make it till later, and it's been fun. So... I make it home, barely, sit on the couch, and I just start sweating. I got a headache. I can't move. I start chugging water. I'm like, I think I need potassium. I start eating a banana, but it's no good. It's not ripe yet. It tastes bad. I ate yogurt because I looked up potassium, and they said that has it in it. I decided I needed potassium. I ate yogurt. I ate cantaloupe. I just potassiumed out. Then Sarah came over. She's like, you need salt. Here are some olives. I'm like, I'm not. There's no, there's no way I'm eating post-run olives. But it took me like an hour to get my shit together. Cold compresses. Think I had a little heat stroke because I was stupid. In my defense, I did. Uh, I did do the entire uh, circle. Did not run it, but I think I laid some pretty good uh, muscle memory groundwork for the future. But uh, the lesson I learned is, uh, dude, you're old. You're not that old, but you're you're too old to be running in a hundred degree heat if you're not in the fucking Marines. Jesus Christ, almost died. Couldn't even talk to the guy on the phone in Australia. It could barely put words together. Let us now go to my conversation with Barry Crimmins and Bobcat Goldthwait about Bobby's uh, documentary, Call Me Lucky, uh, which is playing in New York, D.C., L.A., and elsewhere this weekend. It opens in other locations throughout August. You can go to callmeluckymovie.com for theaters. Uh, and, you know, I love these guys, and I've known them a long time. So listen to us talk. <laughs> I had some weird memory, like that I can't get out of my head of that back room at Stitches when you used to have your night at Stitches. Mm-hmm. What was it done? What su- what night was your Sundays? Well, what? I was Thursdays, half the Thursdays and half the Saturdays. So I was there on Thursday uh, nights, and then every and then we'd other hold Saturday. we'd hold you'd hold court in that little fucking ticket booth that oh, was yeah, the backstage. Yeah, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in there, and you're talking. <laughs> about you know about racism and hollywood i don't know what the hell it was and i was shit-faced and i'd gotten it in my mind but somehow or another because danny devito was so short that he was being used and it was similar to uh to to what you were talking about with racism and and i just remember at some point at some point barry just goes i don't know what the hell's going on marin says danny devito is racism and then I don't know where the conversation, how that happened. Like, I just remember you like, 
it registered with you, but it, it made no sense. I don't think it did make sense. But in my mind, it kind of makes a little sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was being exploited. Well, it's bigotry. We have yeah. to stop. Right, it's bigotry because yeah, 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 he's yeah, short. Yeah, 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 we sure. have to stop the exploitation of Danny DeVito. Well, right, the, no, the, the, the million dollars. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Barry Crimmins, Bobcat, Goldthwaite. Both people I've had on this show. I think, Bobby, I've had you on several times. Yes. Is yes, that true? Many times. Yeah. And Barry I've had on once, but it was a monumental yes, event. Yes. Thank you. During that conversation, I remember um, we had, we had, we had a, a good talk. It was very intense. And then he came with me to the club and he yeah. did some some comedy. Yeah. And then uh, and then we hung that out in the parking lot. And I had no plan. Yeah. I had no plan to talk about what I talked about, but that's you. You get... You yeah, know, but you you you, you had been talking about it. Yeah, no, I'm very comfortable talking yeah. about the fact that I the rape survivor because I didn't do anything wrong. Right, <laughs> you know, part of me uh, feeling that Barry would be comfortable in making a documentary was yeah. me listening to him on your show. Yeah, I quite, quite. And, and I gotta say, that yeah. was a game changer doing that interview with you, and thanks, man. It yeah, you're like, welcome. It, and it, I mean, it did, and I, I'll tell you, I heard from a lot of people, some of whom, you know, I was able to provide some assistance for, and that helps my continued healing. Oh, is that true? Healing. Yeah. You know, we go back and forth. They would say, oh, nothing like that happened. It's amazing how people really don't that you think everyone exaggerated what most of the time i find that they start off sort of well you know nothing like you went through and then they tell you this heartbreaking story and you yeah. go look man we got a few things to chip away at here but the power it has to help people in terms of a of a of a, of a thing that most people carry with them as a secret or they're ashamed of or they don't know how to speak about it's pretty profound and you shouldn't and that's the whole thing that's why i'm really you know i mean people can get too strident about language pretty easily but when someone says, "Oh, you admitted you were raped," I all look. I disclose. I don't admit. That makes me complicit. And then one of the big tricks, particularly with child sexual abuse, or you know, she was asking for it. Mentality is that you are somehow complicit in these crimes that are mm-hmm. done against you. And you wouldn't say you admitted getting hit by a hit and run driver or held up at gunpoint. And it's the it's the same thing. You're a crime victim. That's right. Yeah, changing the language. Yeah. But when you made the movie, Bob, what? what how? I mean, you must have. The awareness that you were going to have to balance, you know, the 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 set the story of his rape, and 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 also the the humanity of his comedy. Right. I mean, what was the trickiest part of making the movie like well, that? There was, yeah, I, I I wanted to lay a bunch of pipe so people knew who Barry was and and what he meant in the comedy world, but I also wanted to kind of tonally put some things in there so it wouldn't be such a big you know jolt when we start discussing his his rape so uh it was very hard you know i mean i mean but you know <laughs> as soon as i say to him i go it's really hard making this movie yeah. barry's like really yeah <laughs> <laughs> really i'm not oh, worried oh. about you yeah i'm really really <laughs> like you know, it's really killing me he's been through absolutely i think it was about as hard as you know when barry <laughs> when barry disclosed on stage in boston uh it was during a show and uh steve sweeney was going on and steve's really a funny guy and a guy that influenced me a lot but 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 was like <laughs> kind of insisting on closing. Yeah, and Barry said, "Okay, go ahead." He's but, about to disclose. He knows he's going to do this, and Sweeney's like going, "I got to close," and he's like, "Okay." 
<laughs> yeah, and then Sweeney, then Sweeney got up there and he's just going, Jesus Christ, I God, die. Barry God Crimmins. Damn. Yeah. Let's yeah. hear it for Barry Crimmins yeah. again. But that was the interesting thing about the film, too, is that these guys who I knew when I was a kid doing comedy in Boston, you know, these are working class dudes that come from a regional sort of disposition around homosexuality, around, you know, whatever it is. Right. All these guys were supportive. They were understanding that the community, you know, came around him. They felt bad. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, I think I think that's basically it. I think some people were skeptical earlier because they're scared of the story, you know? But, yeah. But there was amazing, so I had more than enough support. Bob was, you know, one of the first people I told, and he was amazing, and, you know, it was weird. He almost went like, all right, because it's like, oh, the the Crimmins mystery is a little bit solved here, you know? He, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. I Finally, mean, we know yeah, why. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we were yeah. trying to figure this out, you know, all this <laughs> anger this. and, uh, you know. <laughs> Well, when he, you know, when he disclosed to me, uh, it, it was a sense of relief. Here's a guy I've I've known and loved since I was 16 years old, and I was like, oh, okay, this all makes sense, you know. We, and then some of the tough shots in the movie. Yeah, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and Bob's going, "Let's get you a couple of beers." And I'm going, "It's 10 o'clock. I don't drink a tennis. I think you got to have a couple of." Beers. Well, I mean, do you want to know the real? <laughs> so when sure. Barry tells the 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 stories of his rape, yeah, rapes, rapes, yeah, um, he. The f- the first time he did it, it was like ten ten thirty in the morning, and and um, it's the only time I've ever done this. I it was it was I said, listen, um, I think we're doing this movie for the same reason, <laughs> and I I go, can we get Barry a beer? I don't want a beer. I go, there's two beers. Yeah, I go, yeah, give him another beer, and I said, I need I need you not to tell the story. I need you to to remember the story. Uh huh. So and that's the take that's in the movie when he goes into the basement. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, well no, that was. Uh, yeah, not when you went into the basement. Right, when no. you told the story of it, because exactly. when, when he went into the basement, we had a huge argument. I mean, a real fight. Like, like I didn't, I didn't want him to go into the basement. Every time there was a something, and I mean, you think when you make a movie, an independent filmmaker, yeah, you're laying your whole career on the line every time you make a movie. You might not ever get to make another movie if you fuck up. Mm-hmm. So. But you yeah, know, every time case. there there was a cha- there was a, a chance uh, that it harmed me. He would, he would see potential danger or harm to me or something good for the movie. He was for the you know he was for me and then I protecting ended up, I, you. Yeah, and I was for the movie. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, I wasn't going to go into that. I wasn't going to go back there and allow that place to have that kind of power. Right. You know, I I, I wasn't going to think about that place for so many years and have it in my head and then like be afraid to walk in there. I had to go in there as a child. I had no choice. As an adult, I can walk in there. And I also wanted to sort of uh, demonstrate that there isn't some sort of supernatural power that these criminals have to imbue these stone walls with, you know, evil. It's like, it's a place I hope a lot of kids play there. Only the Catholic Church has the power. Well, yeah, 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 that's right. right. We can get there real soon. (laughs) They can imbue walls with evil quite easily. Just throw a stained glass window up there. Yeah, that's absolutely. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, Yeah, the production design. It's it's on purpose, I think. You know, what was great in the movie is that when you see the footage of you on on uh, on TV doing those jokes that you, you know w- what I didn't remember was they were they were so accessible and yeah. they were also so uh, uh, relevant now 
that they were you know great jokes and you were funny up there and you had a whole angle and it was all complete uh you know you were the whole package and then and then it shows you down there giving uh you know uh you know performing for the sandinistas yeah yeah and uh and that was very moving like the 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 thing that i think people should know about this movie coming into it is that it's not some movie where you're like oh my god how are we gonna you know like (laughs) like, here we're talking about uh, about you being raped as a child and and how you move through it but the balance that that you were able to get bob with uh you know just the, the 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 part of barry that enabled him to survive and function which was, you know, his wit and and his uh, desire to uh, to help and perform to use comedy uh, as as a way of expressing his uh, his anger. Uh, really, kind of is uh, is a great part of the movie. It, it kind of moves along, and then to see Barry at this age, you know, trudging through uh, the winter in upstate New York <laughs> is uh, is uh, you know, I don't think he I don't think you realize how hilarious you are. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, that that whole, I mean, that whole thing, let's just talk about that for a minute. So, Goldthwaite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody knows I cut wood, knows, but the thing is, right before we shot, two months before that, I got T-boned, and my knee was broken in two right. places. Yeah. So, he's got me hauling a, a maple log up <laughs> right. the hill. How many beers did that take? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a maple log up the hill, and then yeah. I'm trying to split wood standing on one leg, yeah. and that knee's bad, too. So, I didn't hit a... I hadn't hit a piece of firewood and not split it for you. Now all these people are contacting me to advise me on how to split firewood. It's like, go oh, fuck yourself. I know how to split firewood. Right. I just, but when I turn to Goldthwaite and I say, this isn't fucking working in the movie, yeah. I was saying, okay, we're not going to see this. And of course, now it's at the top of the movie. You <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to establish the character. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah That is very criminal. That right. is very Quickly. Criminous. The fact that your life the life that you had as a comic and the important stuff yep. you did uh, as an activist, but now also, you know, being an, an advocate and, and a resource right. that you have been all through this right. uh, since you uh, uh, disclosed, uh, disclosed yeah. mm-hmm. um, is now, you know, culturally, you know, identifiable and relevant and, and you're more available right. uh, for yourself and for others now. Sure, sure. And that's a great thing at any time. It's un- it's unbelievable. And, and, you know, helping others is a way to really know, and you know anybody who's in a twelve-step program knows this. And when you when you you notice the progress you made when you're when you're helping somebody else, sure. So you see where you were a while ago, and you feel fortunate for being that much further along. And I get that all the time uh, dealing with uh, abuse survivors. And, and also, so. you get the 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 selflessness, the the getting out of your own, uh, getting out of your head. own way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean that, and that to me is re- and really. The mo- everyone was so worried about me when I did the child pornography investigation. They See, say, I didn't know about that. They, that they, to me was the most devastating part of the movie. Is that because you, you know that you know you looked like emaciated and and like right. you'd been depleted. Uh, that y- y- you know you went down this rabbit hole, but you changed legislation. Didn't well, you know? yeah, and I mean what I did was I changed the, co- the corporate culture at AOL. They had to get rid of that. You know what was going on there. They were making money back in those days. It cost three or four bucks an hour to be online if you were online over ten or twelve hours or whatever it was, and and then. So I, all these guys are spending a thousand, twelve hundred bucks a month because they've never had a community. They've never, you know, it's this is pedophiles a bad, and child yeah, pornographers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and People who shared those things, right? And so, and I'm telling AOL, and they're playing it dumb because it takes a half hour to upload one picture, and they're getting paid, so they're making a buck and a half every time a picture gets goes up. But I'm one of the first people witnesses. 
you know, who saw in almost real time photographic evidence of a kid who was raped 10 minutes ago. It's terrifying and i'm not getting and they're playing it dumb with me and there was i went back and forth with them forever and then finally i end up because of my friend lana lawrence hooked me she somehow they knew they were going to do this hearing in washington but the hearing was going to be about kids and pornography on the internet it was like my 16 year old sons to playboy magazine right, on the internet. Right. it's like you know oh no but if I hadn't been at the hearing, you would have heard the word child, and you would have heard the word pornography, but you wouldn't heard them in a row. You know? Right. So that's I didn't. You know, I cared about the children in the pornography, and I and I saw it was it's photographic evidence of rape and sexual assault and exploitation of kids. And if and if you've seen it, you would never call it kiddie porn, which sounds like the Bunny Hill or something. Right. I mean, it's like it's tough stuff if you know what it really is it's tough stuff and then i and then i've talked to so many people who 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 you know know they were photographed and whatever and they talk to me about it it's really heartbreaking because they they'll oh there'll be a 50 year old man crying saying well it was kind of a pine cabin the priest used to take me there and and you know and they you know he was kind of bald and you know they're really then they think that I saw it, and I and they're embarrassed with me. And I go, look, man, if I saw a picture like that, and I saw a lot of pictures like that, if I saw a picture like that, all I saw were your eyes. I was trying to see, is this kid, how long does this kid have? Is he What's going to happen to this kid? You know, or, and what's going to happen to him or her? That's all you see. If you're there, if you're witnessing it for the right reasons, and if you're and if you're one of the one of the monsters is into that stuff, you don't. You would never recognize this person, particularly as an adult, that it doesn't even register with them. So, I mean, I was happy that I could at least convey that to a lot of people. But anyway, we went in and they had a cocky lawyer from AOL who just figured he was going to have a nightclub comic. Yeah, yeah bring yeah. it on, shithead. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and, but here's the thing, Mark, and this is Washington for you. I went into that hearing and, and I gave my testimony, and clearly the AOL guy had been given my testimony because his printed testimony was direct responses to my testimony they asked for in advance. Nobody gave me, the kid defending the rape kids, the advanced testimony of the, of the other guy. So someone, did, you know, tipped, you know, like... Leaked get, it. Yeah, to him. Yeah. And... and I still, you know, false modesty aside, kicked his ass. And by the end of that thing, like there's one thing Bob has in the movie where the guy's saying, well, Barry doesn't care about it. He doesn't seem to believe parental control software works. And I go, Link, it works great if the parents aren't the rapists. Right. But once the parents are the rapists, it's kind of a useless thing now, isn't it? So uh, um, I and, and you can just sort of see by the end of this thing, this guy would come in pretty cocky when he snaps at the end and tells the truth by mistake. <laughs> what did he do? He said, well, we had, I just want to stop you right there. We at America Online have a strict three strikes and you're out policy concerning child pornography. And I was like, you know, I love baseball as much as anybody, but you know, <laughs> that's not a three strike offense in any fucking league, in any league. <laughs> so, you know, so, and that, when that happened, that was the KO ball. He was done. Right. He was done. It was like, there was no backtrack. He, publicly said that they would allow people to stay there who had been caught to, you know, we don't have any fourth time offenders right. on child you know, like are you kidding me yeah. so it was over And but when he said that if you look at him he, he's a beaten man at that point he had taken you know it was like the 14th round of a 15 round fight and he had they should have stopped it I think the other thing that, that, that makes the movie you, you know, so beautiful is that 
you know, outside, just in talking about this stuff and the, and the weight of it and 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 uh, talking about comedy a little bit, though, is the love that you guys have for each other for so long yeah. that, like, there was a, an intimacy there, you know, around, you, you know, your trust of Bob. Sure. And Bob's, uh, you know, knowledge of you and his trust of you and, and also, you know, the line uh, that which you could operate at, you know, yeah. not crossing each other's right, lines, right. but then also learning new territory in terms of, you know, what you could achieve together. Uh, and it was a beautiful thing. A couple Thanks. things there. Bob was, I mean, he was so protective and thoughtful towards me. I I trusted him with my life. And then I stepped back. It was hard not to say, you know, how the, I mean, you know, your friends and these yeah. different people are talking about right. you all day. And, right. I, and I was never there because I didn't want to skew right. anybody. Tell right. them the truth. And, and so I, I had to, I I mean it took some self control to not ask a bunch of questions, but then I got used to it. But I also it was I <laughs> I, I I trusted Bob, yeah. and I and it was it was a very wise investment on my part. And he made a beautiful movie. And what I love about the movie, and Bob said some stuff to me early on that just came. I you know he said, look, I don't want it to be one of those documentaries where thirty eight people are sitting in front of the same bookcase. Yeah, and they made this beautiful. Cinema, you know, Bradley Stone Cipher, the, uh, the cinematographer, did amazing work, and 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 Jeff Stryker, the editor, did amazing, and Bob, and Bob pulled the whole thing together, and the whole crew was tremendous, and they were so, so I mean, it was easy on one level, but on other levels, it was sort of like, well, I wonder what's going on in there. Yeah, you know, it was well, like being also, outside of the maternity room for a year. <laughs> yeah, you know, also, you know, Robin was, Robin, um, you know, was my best friend. So, yeah. So. Um, the movie, yeah, he got hit with a meteor in the middle of we, the thing, yeah. an emotional. And, yeah, and it sounds corny, but I honestly was like, oh, okay, well, you know, what would he want? You know, and I and and you know, I assumed well, he'd want me to finish this movie, so I spent, you know, so, yeah. but it was just insane. The year was just, you know, divorce and loss, break, break up with a girlfriend, decorating the Christmas tree, and <laughs> my best friend kills himself. But at least I had a baby rape documentary to work on <laughs> 10 to 12 hours a day to cheer me up and, really. and, and, and i will well, say uh, this uh, go ahead i knew he was going to work his way through but i mean i knew because he's such a hard worker that i just had the, i knew that even though this is a tough story to tell and so on that i i was glad he had it to tell because i knew when i heard he had was getting back to work that that was the beginning of the, uh, the path to you know getting through the grief the incredible grief but the courage he showed and the professionalism yeah to get off that deck and get it done so that we ended up at sundance it's fucking unbelievable and, and, and you know why you were both able to do this thing because you're fucking comics <laughs> yeah right right, 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 right. think about yeah, it yeah I yep. mean, you, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. 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 Oh, watch me shut my emotions off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll be yeah. the most entertaining emotional shutdown you'll ever see. Yeah. I think it is my personal yeah. best. Yeah. I think it really I, is. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing, unique movie, and, and I'm happy you guys uh, are seeing such success with it. Thanks. Can I say something what? really quick? Uh, you know, and you can cut this out if you want, but, you know, you're kind enough to have me direct your new special, and I've seen you do stand up over the years, but uh, it was really great. Uh, what I loved about the specials is that you really brought it. 
I mean, I really, I hope you're happy with your performances because you were really on that night. Like you were really dialed in. Well, I, I it was one of those times. And you where, can't say that, so I want to say well, that. I, I appreciate it. I, 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 I could was, say he called me up and was enthused, and San Marin just absolutely. I think uh, my f- favorite moment was when I was laughing and I forgot to call cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, dum-dum, you're directing. Stop yeah, yeah. watching the show. Well, thank you, man. I think it came up great. Thanks for coming by, fellas. Well, it's an honor to, to be on the show again yeah. so relatively soon. And, I'm and glad it's an honor seen... to be on it with this guy and both you two. Yeah. And I know you guys have been working on stuff together. It's uh, it's all we're okay. It's all pretty cool. We're yeah, okay. It's we're all doing, pretty we're, great, man. We're yeah. doing okay. We're, this we're... seems like the time for an untimely death. Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> and that was, yeah, gee, and I guess who that's going to be. <laughs> that's when the space debris landed yeah, on the garage. Right. The last the three of them. Skyland. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Find balance between brutal, dark, emotionally devastating, and funny. Barry Crimmins lives in that. And Bobcat Goldthwait understands that. And, uh, it's a it's a pretty amazing movie. Uh, as a, a, again, Call Me Lucky is playing uh, in New York and DC and LA and uh, other places this weekend, and it's uh, opening in locations throughout August and you know all around the country. Hopefully, you can go to callmeluckymovie.com uh, for theaters. Um, it was great to talk to those guys. Heavy shit, but funny shit. Surviving man, surviving and learning, moving through. And helping. And also maybe driving yourself a little crazy. Jason Bateman. I've been very impressed with Jason's ba- Jason's Jason's Bateman. Both of them. The two of them. I've been very impressed with Jason's work uh, in movies lately. And he's very funny. He's a great straight man. But I always wondered what kind of dude he was. And I re- I actually reached out to him years ago at a phone number. I don't even know if it exists. I talked to him about it. You know, I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, I had a great time talking to Jason Bateman. So now, why don't you enjoy us? Oh, and before you enjoy us, I'm sorry. Before you enjoy us, although that was a great segue, uh, Jason is in the new movie, The Gift, which is in theaters tomorrow, August 7th. Now, please enjoy Jason Bateman and myself. Was that grammatically correct? All right, though, just do it. Weasel and I were buddies for a while. We, went, we all went to school together. I don't know if I told you this. No. We went to school together in eighth grade, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. To a, I'd to, a, to a Valley Professional School, which was a school where uh, if you are professional, right. you know, yeah. if, if you're pulling down a lot of auditions, uh-huh. you're going to want to free up your afternoon, right? <laughs> so these guys these guys take your probably 30 grand a year. I don't even remember what it was because I was a It was all kid, actors but, and celebrity yeah. kids? Yeah. Janet Jackson was there. Really? I don't know what kind of audition so she was doing. So how old are you at that point? This is eighth grade, so okay. I'm 14. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so school is 9 to 12. Right. So you can go home and bang out your sides, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, get on a bus like I did with a skateboard right. and go down to Hollywood and do your audition. Uh-huh. So that so who else? It was that Janet Jackson and Dweezil? A year. One year. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, there were a couple of Olympic skaters. Sure. There. Yeah, because well, they, they need to, you know, skate. they got to get out there on the ice. Yeah, you know, and they can't. Well, be how after many kids four. in this school? Like, you know, twenty. Oh my god! So it, it was, was a racket. A, it was in a mini mall on Sherman <laughs> Way and and like, you know, Vineland. That was someone's big idea. Yeah, it was. It was a racket. For, Definitely for, not an accredited institution. <laughs> Did you do any work? Mm-mm. 
But like, no, I didn't. But you like basically grew up in show business. Uh, from yeah, I started when I was ten, and I did a lot of um, of television work. Well, where'd television. you come from? How did how'd that happen? Uh, you, I was born in Rye, New York. Uh, Dad, Westchester, right? Uh, yeah, Kinda, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dad was a writer, director, producer, and he uh, For, in New York. In New York, yes, and then Boston. Were there, we were there from when I was two till I was four. What did he do? Like what? I th- I don't know. It's 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 a little mysterious. Um, but needless to say, we had to keep moving around. So we we then went to Salt Lake City, which could Salt throw you, that throws you off the scent a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, what Why kind of productions happening there? Uh, there was some post production um, in Salt Lake. It was like running a film lab. You weren't Mormons, no. Uh, grandma and Grandpa were. Oh, they were. So there was uh, on, actual on, connection on Dad's side, I think. But so, I don't remember any of that. How old? This is from uh, four to seven. And how do you get out here? How does that happen? Uh, I th- again, another one of Dad's moves to a, 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 a another better opportunity. Yeah. I think I think again in post production, perhaps. And, I don't know. But um and my mom was a stewardess for Pan Am, so her situation was a bit more fluid. You know, her yeah. job was to travel. So right. she would she'd what would they call it, deadhead to wherever her base oh, right, was. Right, right, right. And then fly Yeah. When Pan Am was an airline. Yeah. It's over. It's over. But before it was over we did a ton of traveling before I was old enough to really appreciate it. Europe so, and everything? Uh, not so much Europe, but more Asia. I think they were more. Pan Am had Asia down. Uh huh. So I did a lot of trips to you know Hong Kong and Japan, and uh, it just it was an inconvenience. It was you know they don't have my buddies aren't here. My right. skateboard's not sure, here. You were like just imagine your kids going on that trip now, and what your parents must have gone through. Yeah, where's where's Nick Junior, Dad? <laughs> I, I'm not seeing Nick Junior anywhere on the dial here. And Justine's older than you. Yeah, three years. And there's just two of you. There's just the two from this marriage. Oh, okay. There are uh, two boys from the last marriage that Dad had. Before you? After me. Okay. Um, and one boy from the marriage that preceded. Um, <laughs> so Dad, he, he, he came he was, in with a kid? So you had he came a, in with a kid and, and left with two. Uh-huh. Um, He's not around anymore? Dad's still here. Oh, he's he's up north though. He's in uh, Oregon. Um, What's he doing up there? Or Washington? Is it unclear? It's unclear. I have not been there yet, but uh, he hasn't been here either. So really, is it? How long has it been? This uh, the friction? There's no friction. There's just there's a. We kind of had a very atypical upbringing, my sister and I, in that. Since Dad was kind of this um, somewhat of a bohemian contributor to the arts, uh-huh. uh, but unclear what that was. Unclear you, what you've that was. You've not seen any of his work. I smelt a lot of development fluid in the basement, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mom was, you know, flying around the world uh, for Pan Am. Yeah, uh, we had Christmas on the twenty third often, uh-huh. and Thanksgiving on the fifteenth. Okay, and. Uh, you know, and then Justine and I started acting, and so there wasn't anything very traditional about the way in which we were brought up, and consequently, the the dynamic between children and parents was was not traditional. Uh, therefore, there isn't that obligatory draw to 
call every Sunday or or visit where you live now or let's all get together for Christmas. So, so you're saying your parents were self-involved. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know if it's so much that. I mean, if I'm to look at it half full, I would say that they weren't hamstrung by the traditional familial well, that's, obligations. That's a, that's a diplomatic cuz I I mean I have the same experience whereas I yeah. don't I feel I, I I feel like my parents are people I grew up with. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like uh like there was this sort of like this intrinsic kind of like you know like nurturing going on. I I just feel like like yeah they were these troubled or, or you know complicated people that were kids when they had me and we all grew up together and now we're we're kind of friends. Do you remember that transition that every kid makes where your parents become human and you stop that sort of that that deferential dynamic where you know mom and dad are that's where i that's where i'm going that's where i want to go i want to be just as good as dad or just as good as mom and you eventually get old enough or smart enough or enlightened (laughs) or insightful enough to see that they're just as flawed as you oh yeah and i don't want to go there at all or or, or i'm gonna cherry pick the things (laughs) that i want to emulate trim that a little bit yeah it's a really it's a it's a heartbreaking and hilarious transition that i think every kid goes through. sure but i think that they usually they go through it when they're 40 and they don't know what the fuck's wrong with them. Yeah, in that way, where like as I don't know, I, I don't know what is what is the ideal age and circumstance to go through that that sort of curtain pulling. Well, I think that what happens if parents are good is that they allow you to sort of detach and 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 have your own space in in a way that's still kind of like we still love you and and you sort of kind of gradually go into that and you as you sort of find your own identity. But I think right. if if your parents are needy or they're actually emotionally detached, you're sort of on your own. And then usually that realization comes with a, with a good heaping of like, well, fuck them. Fuck that. Right. Yeah. But I don't know what, like, I like the idea of cherry picking. I mean, it, it sounds, it seems a little easier than, uh, than just that. Cause you know, you end up having those elements. Your parents are like, oh God, how'd I get that one? Right. And, and, and by definition you have it in yourself, right? Yeah. Cause you can see it. Well, yeah. Cause they wired you, you know, they right. put the board in. Do you have those things? Oh yeah, I'm loaded with all the things that I think we're I think we're all loaded with the things that we don't want from our parents yeah. and our ability to become a quality human being is 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 our ability to kind of navigate and kind of neutralize those elements right because right? they're there <laughs> yeah. they're in you they're literally yeah. in your yeah. dna so, a, so what makes us good people is the ongoing struggle to, to destroy right. our to, parents influence to, to tamp down <laughs> the remnants of your parents <laughs> i suppose and accentuate those the parts that you do like but but do you uh, but so you talk to your dad yeah yeah oh yeah. okay and yeah, your yeah. mom's still around yeah yeah so talk to them both, but not 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 in the traditional frequency. Like once that, a week, we have right. a call. We yeah. don't do that. No. Yeah, it's once a month. Sure. Um, and it's uh, and sometimes it's email. Yeah. It's it's not forced, and I will give them that. It, it's a great thing that they don't they don't jam you. Yeah, and but they have a relationship with your kids and stuff. Uh, no. No. <laughs> that's, that's, not they, letting they that happen. They don't go that far. <laughs> Although my my mom's a little bit better than my dad, but I'll 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 attribute that to her being uh, in the same state. Oh, she's here. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't have kids, so I don't have that. But my mom. It, when it's it's an odd thing, but it's not a choice. You're like, no, they're not. They're staying away. From I'm my not kids. keeping them away, <laughs> and they're not making an effort to stay away. It's just more like. Hey, if we met going down the street, would we hang out? Now, I, I don't know if that's if that's a relationship between my parents. I'd say that's more. I think my sister and I have that really kind of healthy relationship where it's like, 
hey, man, you know, like, we don't have to be every day, every week, every month, every holiday yeah. just because we're brother, sister. It's right. like, well, let's earn the relationship that adults should or could have um, that that is not that is not you're not handcuffed because right. of the blood. But you do. do you you got to earn it. You get along with her then. Yeah. yeah. She has a relationship with yeah. her kids. Ish. Yeah. 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 Oh, and my good. ish with theirs. So they got cousins. Was they she got a, cousins. Where's I'm she not living? sure they know their names, but <laughs> <laughs> they officially do have cousins. Yes. Where is she though? She's like she's about a mile from my house. <laughs> <laughs> no. I hope they don't listen to this. Um, yeah, I could be a better uncle, brother, son. Mark, you've They're got it. There. You've done it. You pulled it out. <laughs> Very was early in this interview. <laughs> well, what I mean, but it, like it wasn't easy being you, right? Uh, there have been some challenging moments, but I, 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 I think I'm kind of I'm weathering it pretty well. I, I, I don't know if you ever really know whether you're really happy or not because you honestly cannot compare it to anybody else. Like, wouldn't it be great to be able to get into just anybody's mind? Yeah, doesn't matter whether they're 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 sick or healthy right. or or you know happy or sad, just to get a little bit of perspective about. Well, I might be like euphoric, right? Compared could, to everyone else, right? Everybody might just be just beat to shit inside, you know. Yeah, or I might be the most or the darkest cloud kind of. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, I think it's all about how you interpret your daily weather well, and your traffic. Right? I think so. I, I but no, but I think there is a way to sort of like you know you can assess peace of mind. Yes. you can assess like you know you know how much fear you're living in. Yeah, how much anger you have. Yeah, that I think I'm I'm really honest with myself about. Well, I, I, I I I bet you I'm 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 a I'm a real happy camper. Yeah, you seem yeah. good. I mean, yeah. I like the I think there was the weird thing was like one years ago when I first started this show. I think Janine Garofalo love her. Yeah, she said you got to get uh, Bateman on. You got to you got to call really? him. Yeah, yeah. He said you got to call him, and and she gave me some weird toll free number. <laughs> and is it one eight hundred blowjob? Yeah, was yeah. that the wrong number? Yeah, I've discontinued that. I was getting like really weird <laughs> fucking I calls. I don't know why. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. To me. You know, JasonBateman.com dot com was a gay porn hub. <laughs> it was hub really for a while How until you- I had to buy it. <laughs> One of the, one of the gay writers on a show I was doing, he said, "Hey man, can I talk to you for a second? And he said, "He said, uh, my partner and I were doing a little surfing the other day, <laughs> <laughs> and so he told me about this. And I said, you're, you, are you lying? He said, "No." He said, "Check it out." So I went there, yeah. and and it is not a site; it's a hub from which it's like going to like you know the Tom Bradley terminal. Sure. You can go anywhere in the gay world <laughs> from JasonBaitman.com. Are there pictures then, of you? Or what, what, no, what? I think it was just like, well, what name would really resonate with uh, with gay our people? gay community? Do you, you have know? a lot of gay following? I Do think you, I might. You must. This is they a, must love you. That's what this is telling me yeah uh but yeah so we 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 snatched that up um and uh, how much did you have to pay to, to I don't not be a gay hub i don't remember <laughs> I, I i seem to remember it being pre- pretty affordable otherwise oh, that's I good yeah but no but garofalo gave me this number and i called it because it was like at the beginning and i wanted to get gas and and uh there was no i don't remember what it was but i left this message hey man 
Uh, Jason, it's Mark Marin, uh, and I think we—I don't know if you're still with Dave Becky, but at that time I was with oh, Dave yeah. Becky. Yeah, yeah. And I like I couldn't get through to him, and then at some point I just—he <laughs> was representing you. You could not get a hold of him. Very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> but I'm no longer with him. But we're okay. Him mm-hmm. and I are fine. We'll get to a point. I mean, you must know you've been in the business a while, where where if you're not really doing anything, right. they don't know what to do. Right. And uh, it's uh, don't get me started. Yeah, you got to help them help you. Oh, they have no idea. And yeah. and and if they can't, if they don't have any traction with you, you're, you're not you're not a bargaining chip. You're you're like, can you do me a favor? Like you're, yeah. you're that guy. Like, like he'd have big clients, and I know what happened was like, hey, you know, you, you got Louis for that thing. You think Marin? You got anything for Marin? Right. right <laughs> like it's crazy. It's I don't yeah. like knowing about it. Yeah, but it's pretty common sense. It's like the market dictates whether you're going to get hired. Sure. An agent can't get you hired. I I don't want to belittle what an agent does, but you could be the best agent in the world, but it's not about advocacy, you know, because if it was, our mothers would be our best agents, right? It's not about picking up the phone and saying, hey, Mark Maron's fantastic. You got to hire. That doesn't mean shit. It's, it's, so it doesn't matter really what agent you're with. It's yeah. if the marketplace wants you, if you're hot, if you're relevant, or yada, yeah, yeah. If they, if they have something to work with, right? Like if they're like, oh, we so can run you, money through this guy. Yes, you yeah. have to give them the bullets to fire, well, which when, means you need a job before they can get you one. It's that's that's right. And if and, and the problem is if they if they if you don't have that, and you've been with them a long time, it becomes like this weird marriage. Like you, they're sort of you're sort of like oh, I don't know what to do, but I, I don't want to yeah, be an I, asshole. I can't I, I can't stop representing him. I yeah. can't kick him out of here. Yeah. So they just stop calling. They just stop calling, and they wait. Maybe something will pop for that guy. And, they you know. try to get you to fire yourself. They mm-hmm. try to get you yes. to call them and say, Hey, man, I got to right. make a choice. We I, know Becky. I, I, I got to move on. Right. And and then they kind of have to say, Whoa, whoa, really? And then I got to spend ten minutes trying. Trying to talk you out of it, but not too emphatically, and then you leave, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, thank God, oh. thank God." Why well, was with him since the beginning? I mean, I was with him like for twenty years, so like, like I knew him. That's the weird thing that you realize about Hollywood after a while is that they all come up together. You know, mm-hmm. they you got your agents, you got your managers, you got your publicists, you got your talent, and generationally. They sort of like come up and they make it and they don't make it. And if they make it with their guys, then they, they have a lot of, you know, whatever. But there's a bit more of a natural ascension, a, a sort of a, 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 a perpetual, uh, you know, an escalator almost in a lot of the other channels and lanes mm-hmm. in, in acting. Like there isn't uh, if you put in thirty five years, you don't get that yeah. that that sort of uh, entitlement of a raise, a promotion, you know, job security. Yeah, you know, no, uh, no, it it actually works against you. It's terrifying. Oh, we know him. Now we're uh, we're tired of that. Sure, we want sure. somebody with no experience whatsoever. Yeah, somebody and nobody, fresh. Yeah, somebody no one knows. Yeah, yeah. And you it's, mean a rookie, <laughs> right? In any other profession, it's a it's a negative. Well, but but you've been in it since you were ten. Yeah. So yeah. how does that start? Like I've talked to a couple of, of actors who have been doing it that long. Yeah. And you know, I know that it's tricky that once you sort of play out of the young roles, yeah. then you got that weird like what what is he now? I just talked to Jason Siegel the other day. Yeah. But but you were really young. So how does that start? Your parents? Um well n- uh, not You looking re- at your phone down there? Not really no. Okay. <laughs> play with the cord. Playing with my penis. Oh, okay. Um give me some That's privacy. Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to turn around? I'll bet it has. <laughs> I'll bet it has. 
you do night sessions in here? <laughs> Not um, since JasonBateman.com closed down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happened? So dad, uh, as I said, was a writer, director, producer. And so he, his passion was movies. Mm-hmm. And so he would but take- But you never, you saw nothing. You've seen none of your father's he, work. He would, no, no. Well, yeah, he did, he made one. Um, but he knew about them. He knew he knew what it takes to make a good one, and um, so he 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 turned that on in me. He showed me what was a good film, what was a bad film, and why. Oh, what was a good director, what a bad director was, actor, etc. I love that you still call him a writer, producer, director, oh. film guy, but you have no evidence of anything. <laughs> like, but it's still stuck with you. The myth still holds right. tight in your head. He he drilled it home for me. <laughs> <laughs> he made one movie. You don't know what that. Means. Uh, it is true. It's true. You just kind of um, keep paying. You just keep saying it. Oh, my right. father was. You in... keep saying it. It's like Fox News. You just keep, <laughs> keep repeating. Just it. spit it out enough times. So he made you watch like what? What were? Like, he sat you down. Anything says, that was playing at the New Art, which is an art house here in LA. Sure. Yeah, you'd um, go see it. We'd we, we'd go see stuff that uh, had most of them had subtitles. And it was right. just after I started to learn how to read. <laughs> So I'm surprised it didn't kill movies for me. But um, <laughs> do you remember anything from that time where you're like, "Holy I, shit!" I remember what was the Fitzcarraldo. Do you remember that? Oh film? yeah, yeah, the Herzog movie. Right. And what was the what was the guy? The Klaus Kinski. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there a scene where he was he was I, I, I burned into my head? I think either he or one of the actors was having sex with a woman at the base of a tree. Uh huh. And he was in a squatted position, uh-huh. and she was in a seated position uh-huh. on his squatted body yeah, sure. with his back against a tree. Oh, that's, yeah. And I, I, I take some, I, that takes some I balance. Mean, yeah, but I mean, I well, he's got the bag, he's got the tree for, yeah. for the support, support yeah. right? And then he just needs to move up and down, which right. I would imagine that now that's hurting your back, I sure. would imagine. I'm thinking okay. that through. But anyway, that that to me was like the most, I, I couldn't believe how terrible that was. <laughs> that just scarred me. Uh, so I do remember Fitzcarraldo. <laughs> My grandparents um, took me to see Deliverance by accident. Oh, yeah? When it came out. So I wasn't even 10. Well, you know, I was surprised to see the release date on Jaws the other day was 75, and I was six, and but I remember, remember seeing that in, in a movie theater. You can't take a six-year-old to Jaws, because uh, st- I wonder up. where my fear of sharks is, comes from. I can't swim in a pool at night. Uh-oh. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's under well, we there. we got to talk think. afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to me explain up. what a pool Wait, I know, I know it's not logical, it's not rational, but I think I had this conversation with my girlfriend the other day, a lot of people forget that, you know, Betamax, like videotapes mm-hmm. were introduced at a certain point, so like the memory of Jaws, like she thought it was her childhood, but it was 10 years before, it was because videotapes, yeah. everyone saw, like, remember when videotapes first came out, you oh, saw yeah. everything again. You saw everything But again, you saw it in yeah. the theater, you're pretty sure. I do, I, I'm positive I saw, I remember the movie theater. So he got me into into acting, got me excited about it, and then a neighbor of ours was an actor. He took me to an audition. I ended up sneaking into that audition for the for the for the kid part, and I got that part, so I thought I was good. Then I had my dad take some pictures of me and send him into an agency so I could like start doing commercials and selling burgers and stuff. And that worked for about a year, and then I, uh, they send you out for TV shows after you do a few. Oh, right. So your agent was like, "He's hot. We got one." Yeah, exactly. This right. guy can smile. Right. So, um, so then I uh, started doing uh, TV comedies like uh, Silver Spoons and It's Your Move, and or actually, uh, Little House on the Prairie was the first thing that I did, which was uh, a very, a very special drama. Yeah, it was a one-hour drama. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that one, Michael Landon. Michael, Landon. and you he did was, a lot of those. I did. A, I did a year of that. Really, um, the final year before they all went away. 
So you um, were a kid? Yeah. You were I, I was the adopted kids? into the Landon family, the Ingalls family. You showed up, were you like an abandoned kid? I was. A- I was a kid. The storyline of the of this this very special two parter that ended the 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 one season and, and and triggered, you know, the season that I was in with, with my with a little sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was her name? Missy Francis played my sister, Cassandra. I was James. And the story was uh, we were in a stagecoach with my parents and they they had like a, a sick horse or something. And so uh, Charles Ingalls, you know, Michael Lennon's riding by in his stagecoach and they say, hey, could we get a lift or a pole or a tug or whatever right. the hell it is? And he says, sure, but maybe the kids should ride with me. So me and the girl get in the back of Landon's uh, stagecoach and we start going down the steep hill. And of course the brakes go out in our parents' stagecoach and there's this terrible like scene that's really viscerally shot of their stagecoach going over the edge of this mountain with them in it with a yeah just terrible barrel rolls down the side of this this hill and 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 my sister and i you know running screaming you know walking up you know dramatically into cameras the camera's dolling towards us and we kind of meet in this hard close-up of us just screaming crying mama no pop no (laughs) and then you know like turning to to Michael Landon, you know, like, well, what now? And like, you know, then a push in on him, like, I guess I'm going to have to adopt you too. Was kind of the shock, I guess. right? And it, and then that's what happens. We get adopted into the family. So and he fucked up on the toe, and <laughs> he, was, he gave a he gave an improper tug, <laughs> which will get you in trouble at jasonbateman.com. Um, <laughs> so that was it, and that then it. so you cried. I cried well. I remember auditioning for Michael Landon in, in his dressing room while he was shooting an episode, uh, and we read a scene together. I remember he took me into his dressing room. It was just the two of us, shutting the door behind him uh, like, a, like a trailer, you know, on a set. He's a big dude, too, right? Big dude, and I'm a small little 10-year-old, yeah. and that was a little scary, yeah. and I just had to basically lay, <laughs> he said, lay down, on the, <laughs> lay down on the bed, Yeah. because we're going to play a scene where I'm tucking you into bed, and, you, and we're, these are the, the sides where you need to cry, and you say, I, I don't want to go to that adoption agency tomorrow. You know, and, and the crying and the, 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 the drama of that needs to kind of trigger in him this this desire, well, oh, fuck it, I'll just adopt these kids. So, and I cried. You at, did at, it? At 10. And it's, like, it's, can you make yourself cry? Not really. It's, it's a hard thing to do. I don't, I don't know I how actors do it so easily. I've come up with this terrible method of, you know, now with, with iPhones, which I didn't have back then, I don't know how I did it then, uh, but... I'll just look at pictures of my daughters and imagine terrible, terrible, like going over a mountain in a stagecoach. Um, and, and that'll make me start to cry a little bit. And I have to time that out with, you know, guessing when they're going to call me ready for the scene. You ready? And then you're like, hold on. No, that's what I do. I walk onto the set and I'm looking at a, they think I'm checking my email. Look at this dick actor walking onto this really important scene and he can't get off his fucking iPhone. I just saw the trailer for The Gift and like, it looks like you're really broke down. There's, I did that a ton of times (laughs) in that movie. All those tears are because I have fresh in my mind, my daughter going into a blender. (laughs) You know, with like some song in my in my hair in my head, you know, while I'm looking at it. That's hilarious. But when you were ten, you just summoned it. Yeah, I probably just pinched my leg hard or something. Really, you don't yeah. remember? Because it is kind of hard. It's hard. And you didn't take any acting classes or anything. My dad taught a little improv. Um, <laughs> hey, man, where, where did he teach you know, improv? He's got to make some scratch. Sure, you know? buddy. He taught improv on adventure and Woodman. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is it, way before there, the improv craze. This is way before the improv craze. Yeah, he was ahead of it. Um, yeah. so but who, it was actually it was very beneficial. Who, and who took those classes? 
nobody of of any sort of oh my god so your dad's teaching improv um, your dad the filmmaker you got to add that to the list of uh things acting when coach he's, yeah acting mm-hmm. coach improv teacher mm-hmm. what was it uh did he know what he was doing he did he actually did teach me everything i know to 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 be to be honest you know uh, he started me with sort of this proper perspective on what this bullshit thing is of acting like um, what give me because no one's ever really been able to tell me like what well, do you, what do you remember I mean, I'm sure that I've morphed this into my own kind of thing, but basically the way I see it now is that it's really not to belittle what the real actors do, right. you know, the Daniel Day-Lewis's of, yeah. the, of the world. Um, but it's the easiest thing to do in the world because we all do it. Like, you're doing it right now. Yeah. I'm doing it right yeah. now. I, I, um, I should be crying. But, uh, but, yeah, but like, you know how you're different with, sure. you know, yeah. your your mom right. versus your best friend. Right. It's just behavioral manipulation mm-hmm. in order to fit the person that you're talking right. to, in order to convince them that you are genuinely interested, or if you really are interested, you might goose it a little bit to get them to, to tell me more about that story. Right. Or It's just, it's, just being engaged yeah and everybody has a keen sense of their of the way in which they come across right and that's all acting is unless you're morphing into a, f- a character that's completely outside of of of, of your goalpost like, you like a daniel that? day lewis yeah when i was a kid and i look at that stuff um and there's just a lot of acting going on yeah and i'm a little cynical about that and 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 i'm not saying that Acting and playing these, you know, eccentric parts is a bad thing. But for my own taste, for some reason, I've become a, a little cynical about that. And I, for yourself, yeah. And I don't, or even as a as a as a moviegoer, right. I don't like to see a lot of acting. I really appreciate it when when actors or actresses are are somehow funneling whatever characters written on a page into their 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 abilities a part who, of themselves who they are. yeah yeah and yeah. and of course you want to put that you know at one end or the other to make it interesting because you don't want to just kind of just sleepwalk through it right. but it should still be inside your skill set so that you don't have to get outside of it and therefore start acting so, right so so knowing your limitations as an actor is important and knowing yeah. who you are and what you can do yeah and if you're if you're kind of fucked up and you've got multiple personalities it's it's helpful it's beneficial you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you i'm sure do yeah be- well but, you know because look if you start acting at a at, a, at an age before you really know who you are which yeah. is like 10 right until what 18 you're developing as convincing as possible parts of yourself that have just as much right and uh, and square footage as as the part that may one day actually become who you are right, right? right so you're yeah. kind of developing schizophrenia these these racehorses are running at the same speed sure especially no, if no you one's do taking like, a lead yet like what 20 episodes or something i mean how many right. how many of those little houses did you do mm. i was a full season so that was uh 23 22 22 or 23 yeah. and that well 22 plus a very special two-parter mark so after that you you felt like i'm going this is it it's happening yeah i mean i, I think so i mean i wasn't that uh, deliberate with you know here's my career plan but um was your dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah he became my manager mom became my our manager my sister started acting a few years after that and you know, there's a, there's there's a somewhat of a necessity to that in that you need uh, a babysitter. Literally, mm-hmm. you need you need a legal guardian on the set, right? And so you can either hire one that's over eighteen, yeah. effectively a babysitter, 
uh, or if your parents have flexible hours, like mom did, where she's only flying two weeks every every four. Yeah. Um, and dad, who's pumping out, you know, Citizen Kane in the basement, <laughs> you know, and he can do that on the set. You know, sure. I, I guess as, as well as he could do it in the basement, uh, right? So why not collect fifteen percent while yeah. you're doing it? <laughs> he was <laughs> down there working on that movie. Yeah, the ethics of it in hindsight are a bit troubling, but uh, <laughs> I'm still looking at it half full. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so all right, so you do the Silver Spoons, which I don't, I didn't watch it. The that MLB. was the Ricky Schroeder vehicle. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think and, I was a little old for it. Yeah. Like I graduated high school in '81, so I was on to other things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the big one for you. The first. That was yeah. That was a that was a really good one, and then that got me my own show, which didn't last a year. Which um, one was that? That was called It's Your Move. Yeah. Um, and then after that was the Hogan Family, which lasted five years. That was uh, the Valerie Harper vehicle oh, that became you the with Sandy Valerie Duncan Harper? vehicle. Oh, really? Yeah. You work with both of them. Yep. They were great. I loved them, but Valerie pissed off the brass, and then she. Uh, Got burned in a in a in a very special two parter, uh, in in a house fire, <laughs> and and for some reason they went ahead and shot the episode where I where I I ride my moped up to the burning house up to the burning house and she's your mom and, and the firemen are son we, we have an accident up here you can't but that's my house sir, you know and and ripping through the police tape and running into the house and. It's just so cheesy and bad where you, you, you uh, go between, all the way upstairs like and literally grab a photo of me and mom together and you pick up the photo and it crumbles into ashes into your hand. I mean, it's like oh my God. it checked all the boxes. You went through a lot of shit as a young actor. I mean, you had to watch your parents go over the cliff and a stagecoach. I, I, I was a faucet of tears and just with no crying talent whatsoever. Fire, yeah. A fire. God, they, now they just sort of replace people, and people are so stupid. They're like, "We get it, You're right? They, that actor's gone. We yeah. saw it on Entertainment Tonight. Let's jump six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no reason for closure or explanation now. Uh, none. No, they really had to hammer it in. Yeah. And so Sandy Den uh, Sandy Duncan shows up as the Almost new mom. Sandy Dennis. Sandy Duncan shows up uh, as the sister to dad, um, and she's just like one of my favorite people in the world. Is she she's still around? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So after the Hogan family thing, what happens? After the Hogan family, things got quiet because there was that, that transition thing you're talking about where, well, if you're like a, a teen actor or whatever, what are you at 20? Right. You know? And how'd you ride that out? Uh, I, I kind of, I didn't, I mean, I took the opportunity, I mean, I tried to keep working, but when things were quiet, I took the opportunity to party and yeah. catch up for all the, all the working I did as a kid. Hollywood party style? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I go to all the you know the cheesy clubs and and you know do all the drinking and the drugging and all the all the sort of that kind of living for about ten years. Yeah. And and then luckily for me, when I'd kind of caught up uh, and wanted to have a career again, um, Arrested Development was the thing that that came kind of right around that time. And and it. Well, how many years was that, dude? Which like that break, the, the, like, like ten years. <sighs> yeah, it was a long time. That was that was at the beginning of your question. You know, uh, when we first started talking, that that was a tough period. You know, like is the rest of my life going to be anticlimactic? Like, it, there was a time where I thought, well, should I just liquidate what little I do have left and start over somewhere else? Literally, go down to the airport and and just look up on the ticker board, and and, and well, with like with like a like a duffel bag full of you know. Right, dollar bills. So that was and, so that in your mind that was the choice is like I'm washed up, 
It's time to disappear. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or before I really kind of get sucked into this depression of the only thing on TV is Entertainment Tonight and I'm not on it. Right. Um, why don't I go and, you know, buy a coffee shop in fucking Spain sure. and like learn yeah. Spanish and uh, I'm 20, you yeah. know, like I, that's where people are getting out of college. They're yeah. starting their lives. Right. So like you can, I can still do, do it. Right. And yeah. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I, you know, got this, you know, distant relationship with my parents and my <laughs> sister's like, I'm, I'm untethered. I'm I, out. Let me go. And then, yeah, I got a little like maybe, uh, yeah, I, I, did you think like how many people are going to know me over there? Uh-huh. Like the, mm-hmm. that was always the, like, I always wondered about that, that weird thing where you get to a certain point in show business and you really can't stop just out of pride because what are you going to do? You're going to work at a stereo place and people exactly. are going to walk in and yeah. go like, Hey. Yeah. And yeah. pride gets gets in the way of a lot of really good decisions in, in, in general, right? That oh, yeah. that being one of them. Like how do you how do you rebuild? And I've got a lot of friends that 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 did not make great decisions with that, you know. And uh-huh. well, you know, screw it. If I can't get this job, then I won't work at all and I'll just party all night and sleep all day cuz there's no reason to wake up. And they're still at it. I think so. I think a couple of them are, and it's you know it's sad. This is a it's a this is a tough town to tough business. It's a tough business, and the town is a lot of the business. And if and if you're, you know, on the fringes of of relevance um, or and access, uh, it can be really challenging. You and know? you were you felt yeah. It's 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 uncomfortable sometimes just to socialize um, because you do feel that pressure of you know. Hey, what what are you doing? Oh, not much, you know. And it's, well, you know, and, and it's a very it's a benign sort of just question, but it's but so loaded it comes to you. Loaded, and it's it's a it's a. I feel for people because all of those people yeah. are filled with talent. They just don't have. You know, right. they, they, everyone's a job away. For me, it was Arrested Development. Like I didn't take a talent pill the morning I went in and read for Arrested Development. Well, how much were we partying? Know? Uh, I was partying a, a, a lot, but I was still making it to the few auditions that I was getting. And, and you were doing was, little parts here and there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was still definitely a working actor. You right. know, I wasn't, you know, living on the streets. I right. was still, you know, I had a, I had a house and a car and, and it was, you know, things were, things were good. Uh-huh. I was a working actor for sure. But, you know, this was, this was definitely on the backside of, of a bit of a, of a fame peak that, uh, that, that was around when I was, what, 19 or something and your sister was huge Mm -hmm, yeah justine was big 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 right that show was big yeah family ties was enormous and 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 were there times where she was huge and you weren't oh yeah that was all the time yeah um but for some reason the jealousy or competitiveness never really flared up between us probably mostly because we weren't reading for the same parts right um there was maybe just sort of this unsubstantiated blind confidence and ego that I had that like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll be back. <laughs> Cocaine you know? will do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why I kept doing it. <laughs> yeah. Keep that confidence going. Yeah. The sweaty confidence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it disappeared when the sun comes up. <laughs> That's right. And you, you talk yourself out with some dude who like spend the, you know, nine hours talking about his new car. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Had it all figured out. Oh yeah. Again. From two to six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. We had it all. We had all the answers. Yeah. See you we later, wrote man. them down. Yeah. Ever you ever wake up to those? Oh, quick, tear them up. <laughs> the, big, uh, the, the screenplay idea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, let's just workshop this a little bit more. Let me get one more of those, and then we're going to get into act two. Oh. 
That's if you're not playing Scrabble. That's right, right. Do yeah. we, is there any more booze? Do we have anything? Oh. Call his pager again. Yeah. Oh, no. That's how long it's been. I was saying to somebody the other day, yeah. last time I scored any cocaine, there were still pagers and pay phones. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, that was a... Yeah, you see a pay phone now, it's like some weird relic from the past. Like, mm-hmm. who uses those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. try to buy that. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on our living room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pagers. Waiting for the guy. Yeah. Oh, is the guy coming? Worst, but it's, it's I'm getting been a all while. gassy just talking about I know. this. I don't crave that one anymore. No, me neither. It's just like it's done. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't really crave. I don't. I don't crave the booze, or I don't. I don't crave any of it anymore because I did it, and that was there was a little bit of the method to the madness there. That like, let's make sure I get all these boxes checked because I know I want to be a dad. I know I want to be a husband, and I know I want to have a career. Yeah. And so let's You're aware of that? I, the- yeah. And I knew that at, you know, I'm 46 now. Like yeah. if I were to, you know, start scratching itches now, I'd, oh, it's it'd be, be a disaster. It's not a good look. Oh, it'd be a disaster. Yeah. So like you were practical enough to know what you do learn in the program. Whereas like, dude, once you start, there's no ending. There's, there's no, like, you know, if you're in it. Right. Like, uh, you know, it's never going to be satisfied. So for for me for me it was I'm, for me I I did get it out of my system or at least the curiosity was answered right. so that I'm not susceptible to any sort of well you know I never did that let right. me right. let me try yeah, that yeah, yeah, and yeah. meanwhile you know I got to drop my kids off at school <laughs> like it's not good and and you saw I imagine you saw friends go down yeah. I mean, we yeah. yeah, everyone, you know, in this business, you see people go down. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, and and people, people. I've said this before, but it's pretty apt. The things, the things that allow you to feel good about yourself, are 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 pretty. Um, they're slippery. Yeah, you know. So it's, sure, it's got to be locked up inside. And, and also, like, not unlike you were talking about limitations and in, in knowing what your talents limitations are when you have it and being responsible that way as a professional. You know, you you also have to realize those. You know, those those things you know some things and you live with discomfort yeah you, like in and, and that's grown up right it like you, you don't get to be like a child like I, I, help me i get i need something to make me feel better you know it's like no it's sometimes it's just uncomfortable right yeah i was I, I was trying to you said it very well i didn't say it half as well to my eight-year-old yesterday but it was basically that thing like you know just because you want it doesn't mean right. that you can have it that right. doesn't mean life's not fair it's just that's just life <laughs> Right. And and your ability to navigate the things you don't get is kind of it kind of defines the quality of the life that you're going to have. Your if character. You're be all petulant because you can't get everything. Sure. Then you're just not being realistic. That's a drug addict. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. my job as a parent is to let you know it ain't all going to work out and that that's normal. Yeah. You got yeah. Right. Right. That's right. not a that's not a. a, 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 a uh, that doesn't signify the thing that you're a failure. Right. You're just normal. Did you tell it her like that? No. Okay. Can <laughs> I, I get a copy of this? I need to run that for her. <laughs> you know, it's just sort of like give up your dreams. You're eight. There's no reason to think things are going to work out for you. Right. Or just temper your expectations. That's right. I, right. I, that's right. That's right. I, I, I want and, you to shoot for the stars, but yeah. know that the moon's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's God, true. That, that's good, too. It is. Yeah. Do you have a pen? Sure. Wait, I'll, <laughs> I'll send you the thing. <laughs> It, it, it's very tricky, you know, because like, especially when in, in this business where we're, you know, like, like I can't like, you know, when you go into auditions or something and you just, you're in the casting uh, office, mm-hmm. usually a temporary mm-hmm. one, when the temporary casting office, and you just see stacks of hundreds of headshots. Yeah. And you're like, what? 
I know. Where it's like because it's such a childish dream. It's like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a movie star. I'm gonna be, it's like the the whole drive of this business on that side of the camera is is it's infantile. Yeah, and it, and and you know, and they tell you to really follow your dreams and be passionate, yet that is counterproductive because if you go in there with a whole lot of passion, they can smell it. And then they're not giving it to you. Well, it's yeah, the guy a fine line walks... between passion and desperation, though. Right. <laughs> but it's a guy that walks in there with a sexy indifference that gets it. <laughs> and I, I don't know how you genuinely get that <laughs> indifference without, without not really caring. And so how can you compete in something that takes full dedication if you kind of don't really care that much? Right. It's like that. It, it's a mindfuck cocktail that... That's a that's a challenge for a lot of people that have not been at it for a while, and sometimes it's hard to stay at it long enough to kind of get that because sure. you'll be broke by right. the time you kind of get Bro- that. Broke in a lot of ways. Broken, yep. broken, and broke. Yes, yeah. That's why it's keep your day job. Oh God, damn it! This is great. This is uplifting. This can be helpful to young actors. Oh my God. Get out! You can hear is the, the message. Gunshots going off now. <laughs> get out! <laughs> so, so, uh, Arrested Development was. Like a, a lifesaver. Yeah. But you didn't know that going in. Yeah. Wait, no. I, how did that audition happen? Because people love that fucking show. Yeah. I was, uh, I had an agent named Lee, Lee Brolstein. She was at uh, ICM and we had just parted ways. And a couple of months later, to her credit, she called me and she said, you know, I'm seeing in this uh, this breakdown for this this great pilot that I read that you haven't been in on it yet. And I know we yeah. don't work together anymore, but I, I think it's really great for you. And you should go in on it. You should tell those new agents of yours uh, yeah. to send you in. And so I asked my new agents about it and they said, oh yeah, you know what? The cover sheet on this thing says that uh, if if you're not interested in in really kind of living in a bare bones environment with yeah. a, you know, shitty, there's really no dressing rooms, no makeup, no yeah. lights, no marks on the floor. It's kind of a, a documentary style kind of. Then they were downplaying it. Yeah, and it was it was it was very uh, sort of progressive and 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 provocative, I suppose. Um, and so they just didn't think that it was going to get picked up. It was it was very very risky. And so why send it to you? That that was their spin on it. And I said, you know what, send it to me anyway so at this point you'd done some movies though you were still yeah a little bit here and there but i was real. i had a, i had some baggage on me as being Teen wolf baggage yes some of that hair was still on me um <laughs> and and a lot of the you know a lot of the sitcom kind of stink sure. was on me and this was not that this was not only had television kind of moved television comedy had moved into single camera yeah um and away from that studio audience multi-camera stuff but this was even a step beyond that in that it was kind of this mockumentary style and it was, you know, it was, it was Ron Howard was the executive producer and he was actually doing the voiceover on it. So it kind of had this great pedigree and I thought, well, they don't want my baggage on this thing. And like so you the, were just like, a, they, you thought they saw you as a hack? Exactly. You right. know, I mean, that was my, you know, this, right. this, is, this is my perception of myself after I'd wake up after, you know, the Coke nights. <laughs> Um, I'm so, just a childhood sitcom star. Yeah. Teen Wolf killed me. Exactly. So I didn't think I was going to get an audition for it. But luckily for me, the guy who created it, this guy, Mitch Hurwitz. Good had guy. A great, great guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he remembered me from, from some audition I had with him years and years earlier. You don't know for what? It was it was for some multi-camera show, for, for a pilot, uh, oh, wow. I don't know, five or six years earlier. So he was that, doing that. That, that he liked what I did. And so he said, yeah, yeah, I'll read that guy. I, th- I think he's good. 
which was lucky for me. And then I, another luck was that I guessed right when I went in there as far yeah. as how they wanted the character to get played. Yeah. And um, what do you mean you guessed right? You, you well, you you know you can read a script and uh, there's no right or wrong way to play a character. It's just words on a page. So you got to go in there and have your take on it. So and, you, you and, were sort of the one guy who had his shit together in the cast uh, in the way you were right, the yeah, anchor. My character was yes. Yeah. And 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 but the way in which I played that was a guy who was. Not, not didn't hate his family, but was kind of frustrated by his family, and that there was there was a there was a seething and a a, a comedic boiling that was perhaps I guess right. is yeah, what yeah. what they saw, um, and so he followed me out of the audition room after I read, um, and he said he said hey he said that was great. Um, so tomorrow you have an audition for the other show that I'm executive producing, right? The one, I forget what it's called. And I said, I said, yeah, yeah. He said, he said, right. He said, but this, right? This one. I said, yeah, I love this. He goes, yeah. He said, don't come in for that one tomorrow. I said, okay. I said, why? He said, well, I don't want the network to see you. You know, I don't want, I want to, I want the one, I want you for this one. I Cause he like, loved that one. Yeah. And yeah. like, this is just like, you know, an actor's just wet dream <laughs> right. for, you know, to get good feedback in the room for the guy to actually follow you out and yeah. then say, don't come in for the other one tomorrow because I want to protect you. For the, uh, so I like called my agent leaving there and I, I said, I'm feeling very bullish about this. This, this, <laughs> this, this could be good. And then of Your course- Your old agent, the one that set you up? Like no, the, it was a new one. Okay. And then once I got the job, I called and thanked, thanked the old one. And yeah. when, when, I, when I won the Golden Globe, I thanked her on the stage. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, first and foremost. I was oh, like, you know, sweet. this is- yeah. Um, so then the show got picked up and, and we were waiting for us to get axed, you know, any day because it wasn't getting great ratings and, uh, but, but the critics really saved it. The critics put a lot of pressure on the network to keep it on because they were saying, this is great. And you Fox, uh, would be dumb to cancel it. So, so they hated us. They hated the critics and, you know, right. they kept us on as long as how many seasons? Six? Just no, 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 no. Two and a half. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then you did the new ones. Yeah, the new ones were these episodes on Netflix that um, that were meant to be the first act of a three act story that Mitch uh, had in his head. Right. And the second two acts, the second, the, the act two and act three, um, are still yet to be told. And he thought that it would be fun to do the first act in 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 some episodes. Um, so that's what that was. Yet Netflix called it season four. Of the original show, uh, yeah, which yeah. which was a, a little disingenuous because it, it it you know it implied that the show was coming back and and we did it yeah. and and uh, these guys are so and and that's not what the show was because each episode was about an individual character and so I think it was a little confusing and underwhelming ultimately, frankly, for the audience. Uh -huh. And so that was unfortunate that it wasn't wasn't branded, I think, honestly, right, or correctly, I should say. So was there a plan to do more? There is no plan to do more. Um, there is there is those remaining two acts that I don't I don't know what format that they'll take, right? But, um, or if it'll ever happen. So Arrested Development pulled you out. It gave you a whole new um, cultural relevance. Yeah. Yeah, because the people who hand out jobs were watching it. America wasn't watching it, but people here in L.A. were. And, and it erased it, your past in a it way. It did. Yeah, it hit the reset button. And and uh, and I've been trying not to screw it up ever since. Well, it's interesting, like, you you know, in, in, in how you're cast in, in movies, you know, a lot of the comedies, like, they're, you're sort of... It's that guy. It's you're that relied upon, yeah. Yeah, give or take, some assholeness. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I think part the rest of development guy had a lot of heart, but sometimes you get cast as just a full on dick. Right. Yeah. Right. But it, but ultimately he usually is us. He is the audience. Right. He's the center. Yeah, He's yeah, the yeah. protagonist. And and I really like that that role because it's it's a it's a it's a vital part for the comedy that I like yeah. to have because right. it, things need to be grounded. It needs to be relatable and tangible. Sure, you need you need a proxy as uh-huh. an audience. And you got sort of in with the 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 you know, that crew who you know the 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 comedy crew like uh, Vince Vaughn and those yeah. guys. And yeah, they invited me in for a couple of their parties. It was it was a very I was that was nice of them. It's Cause funny because that, that helped that helped you know validate me as well. And now, and and also, it's it's. I never really thought that there were these camps, but there's definitely movie comedy camps. You know, you got there was the Stiller, the Apatow, and then yeah. the Vaughn crew, and those guys. Like, yeah. There's definitely the guys who make the big comedies. Yeah, and and it is a bit insular. They 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 do stick with one another, and and um, you're you're lucky to be a part of any of them. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, you're 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 steady, man. You're you're a rock with the yeah. <laughs> with the thing you do. You know yeah, what I mean? Thanks, man. It's good, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And now you're doing like this. The new movie seems crazy. Like I watched. Uh, it's not a comedy. This, yeah, the uh, the thriller, the gift. It's um. Yeah, like I watched the trailer and I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a uh, Joel Edgerton, who's a, an actor I just really admire a lot. Not only for his talent, but he's just cool as shit. Oh, he's and, the guy who plays the bad guy yeah. or the 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 scary guy. Yeah. Oh, it's his thing, huh? Yeah. So this is his first film as a as a director, and um, and I had just finished doing my first film as a director. Which one so, was that? Uh, it's called Bad Words, and and he he oh, asked yeah. me to 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 be in this, and I thought, well, I I I so appreciate what a what a how important it is to have a game actor <laughs> yeah. trying to trying to help make things work, right? When you're trying to direct something and act in something, right? It's um, hard, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just you're really appreciative of people that are that are there and there willingly and 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 trying to be proactive. So, uh, I said yes um, immediately, and um, I'm glad I did because he did a really really good job with the movie. It's it's it doesn't need to be as good as it is because it's it plays a little bit in that genre world that um, as long as you scare somebody, you know, they're going to be satisfied. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of sort of, you know, sorry for the word, but, you know, some sophisticated uh, execution here with, with the way in which it's shot and scored and, and edited. And uh, he did a really, really tasteful job. Well, it's nice that you guys are supportive of each other. And yeah. You, you know, you get as a director, how, you've done a lot of directing, though. You've done some TV, right? And I started, yeah, I started doing TV when I was 18. And uh, and and I just finished doing my second film as a director um, a couple of months ago. Um, What's that, that about? I didn't see bad words. I'm sorry. This, oh, that's fine. Um, not, not many did. It was did you a small like it? movie. And, uh, yeah, loved it. I loved it. I got to watch it. I, I think you'd like it. It's about, it's about this asshole that i play uh who crashes a kid's spelling bee he finds a loophole in the rules and and um it's a hard r um <laughs> and he's uh it's it's fun um and you wrote uh, it no 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 just directed it. yeah yeah is that um, something you is that how you want to go out yeah i mean look you know we were talking about before about you put x number of years in something you'd like to Either have job security, mm-hmm. a promotion, a raise, all three, right. or, or 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 maybe even a, a job that is more challenging than that which you started in, sure, because of your exposure to the apparatus and mm-hmm. you kind of know how to do other people's jobs or are familiar with them, or would like to challenge yourself to to do those. And for for an actor, it's 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 directing, yeah, um, and. 
it's a really complicated thing to do uh, to to shape an audience's experience. You know, yeah. beyond just kind of the acting part. Right. You know, as a director, you, yeah. you kind of have to play with multiple departments and 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 kind of four wallet for and, people. And you got to trust your 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 DP. And yeah. You got to have people like you know like it's a collaborative thing. I yeah. You got to delegate, but you also have to have to lead with a certain amount of specificity. Where that that you know, when when you delegate, it's it's a safe delegation. You know, right? It's, it's not like I'm not sure what the look is. Right. Can, you know, can you give me some options? Yeah. You gotta you gotta <laughs> inspire them in in some sort of specific world. It's and my then, first time doing this. Can we right. all just uh? Can you guys put some cool shit together and and put it on my desk? Because I mean, look, I mean, a lot of directors do it that way, and yeah. you can, you yeah. know, you can just basically say yes or no to the results of other people's work. Right. Um. Uh, you can get it done that sure. way, but you need a you need a long schedule for that. And what's uh what's the new one about? Is it another small movie? It's another small movie. It's more of a drama. It's about uh, I play um uh, uh Nicole Kidman and I play brother sister, and we're looking for our parents that have gone dis- that have gone missing, and we're not sure whether they're murdered or whether they're hiding. Uh, as part of their latest um, uh, performance art piece, so these old hippie performance artists, and we think they might be faking their death. Who wrote this? It's, um, it's a, it's a, it was a New York Times book uh, that was then adapted by this Pulitzer Prize-winning writer, David Lindsay Abair. That uh, Nicole Kidman had it, and she. Uh, she had him adapt the the book, and it's uh, it's a really really cool trippy script that I read and and made a run at, and then she saw bad words and said, "Great, let's let's go." Wow, yeah, it, it was, sounds cool. It's great. Chris Walken plays our dad. Oh um, man, and and you know he's just perfect for a, not a, a, a guy that you know would be a um, a a. Um, uh, an irresponsibly passionate performance artist. It you sounds know, like, like it sounds like this might be kind of close to home in a way. You've been listening, <laughs> Mark. You have those 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 cans are working. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, there's a there's a lot that I was was passionate about in the movie. Yeah, I mean it. My my parents aren't nearly as 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 bad as this, right? Nor am I, and nor is nor is Nicole. Um, but you know, you got to heighten things a little bit to to entertain people. Well, it's, it'd be great to see uh, walking in a non-ironic part. Yeah, you know, it's been a long time since he wasn't sort of pl- hired because he's this character right and he said he said as much i don't think i'm talking out of school for you know for me to say that you know he, he doesn't he doesn't want to be the crazy uncle right you know he i think he he recognized the fact that he's he is an eccentric guy that has a very unique style yeah that lends itself to some very interesting and colorful characters right but he doesn't want he doesn't want to just be known a or pursued for that right yeah and have scripts manipulated oh we got chris walken well let's do a rewrite you yeah know, let's yeah. make it really fucking crazy he's he's sensitive to that and and i i and and i think that's uh that's that's good of him and know? how do you do he, he's amazing yeah he's he's like he's just he doesn't do anything the way any other actor would do it right and it's not just uh contrived i mean right. he just has a different rhythm yeah. You know, and oh, he, yeah. And it's genuine. He really just hears things differently, and will and will shape it in a way where it's like, well, yeah, that's the way you'd say that line. Well, if you're it, that guy, if it's it's amazing because like if you watch him in even in the in the bit part in Annie Hall, and then you watch him in Deer Hunter, that there was a sensitivity in Deer Hunter. 
the sensitivity of that yeah. hair. I mean, it's it's mind blowing. It's authentic, yeah. right? So, like, if if you were if you were to take that through in my theory of like of acting, then yeah. then that would shortly take you to well, Chris has got a very a very interesting makeup, right? right? Like he's his goalposts are pretty wide, right? There's a lot there. Right. He's a really interesting guy, uh, really kind, thoughtful, professional, yeah. fair guy that that is um, not simple. Yeah, you know, it's in, like in the best way, right? It's like watching. You ever? When was the last time you watched like uh, Dog Day Afternoon? Sure, yeah. Like these guys when they were young and they're mm-hmm. wide open and all sweet and sensitive and like really putting it out there, right? It's insane. Yeah, it's got to be a part of them. Like, yeah, you can't it's all just in there. Pretend that that's right. And they're being kind of it's an overused word. I apologize for, it, but it's, they're being very generous, yeah, right? With, right. Like uh, to me, Joaquin Phoenix does that now. Oh yeah, like yeah. that guy just lets you see right through every part of him. Um, in in an effort to be genuine. And Are you be friends with him? Yeah. You, did you come up with him, or you're a little older? Well, no. I mean, he. I knew River a little bit. River and I worked together yeah. a couple of times. Um, and and Joaquin's his younger brother. I I knew him a little bit via that. Uh-huh. Um, but I know him more now just uh, through another mutual friend. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And who He's played your mom? Guy. Who plays your mom in this thing? Her name's Marianne Plunkett. She's a she's a Tony Award winning actress and and just really tasteful and and. Did you feel intimidated to be working with? Sure, yeah. Walking and but so you're directing too. Yeah, and you got to act alongside Nicole, who can kind of you know she knows what she's doing too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but you know, my style of directing, if I have one, is just you know figure out what an actor's trying to do Uh with with their you know it's their prerogative to play the character any way they want. I I truly think I think an actor, if you're going to contribute, yeah, you kind of you read this you read the the part and and then you kind of make him or or her who you want her to be as long as you're in the same movie as everyone else right you know we have a a mutually agreed upon finish line for the movie or for the scene or whatever and how you get there is up to you that's your artistic contribution so the the directors i really like are those that that recognize what it is you're going for and help you kind of stay there and 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 not drop the ball as opposed to trying to give you notes that get you closer to doing it the way they've always imagined it. Micromanage? Uh, well, but but con- control you into playing the character the, the way they've right. always seen it and heard it. Right. Because, you know, a director's been with the script a lot longer than you have. Right. They've, they probably developed a portion of the script. They then were in pre-production. It's informed a lot of their decisions, how that character would kind of behave. Right. sure. And then you show up on the first day and you're playing the character in a completely different way that's frightening for a director um and it's now they're like now we got a problem well yeah but it's a false negative right because the audience you know we're watching the movie we haven't read the script we have no preconceived notion so i'll go wherever you're going to take me actor as long as you don't drop me right it's it's a it's a tough thing to ask a director to do because you're asking them to give up control and part of their job is to keep things on the rails yeah so it's it, it is somewhat of a of an actor's obligation to make a case for taking things a different way and i i'm sensitive to that so it's not i'm not just obstinate with it like fuck you i'm going to play it the way i want to play it i if they're uncomfortable with it i you do kind of sure. have to negotiate yeah collaborate yeah. so how far along is that film we're done. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, as a director, that means you got to, you know, you oversee like the soundtrack. Yeah, and yeah. Everything. So you're it's working. so cool. It's that's that's really, you know, editing it is is uh, is is a lot of fun, and 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 you can kind of 
unfuck things if if something's it's really kind of wobbly. What you can do in editing, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you can uh, you can augment things. You can you can support things. You can juxtapose things. And then you put the music on it. And now the music can can really help support something that maybe wasn't delivered on right. the day. I never and, knew that until I did the TV show. Like how you know I I directed uh, a couple episodes of my show. Yeah. And it's just weird. And and when you're acting in it. Like when you've got a bunch of takes. I mean, you can be in editing and, and you know, you see what you prioritize, but then in the back of your head it's like, didn't we do one? Yeah, yeah. Where, and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that one that was garbage in your mind, it saves the fucking thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Because now you've mixed a new cocktail. Now right. I'm I'm actually oh, I don't really like what that actor's doing, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have the the camera on the guy that's listening. Right. So now when I come back into this guy's take, I might actually like that piece that he did. Because right. it now works in this new recipe. Ah, oh, it's exciting. Yeah, but it's 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 very it's a lot of work. It's, well, I'm happy it's more for you. work than the shooting, right? The but I'm happy for you. Longer. It sounds like it's engaging. It's big... I love it. Yeah. Now, do very you, lucky. To you be don't doing do it. any uh, writing. Mm-mm. You don't have any. Desire I mean, to I, do I that? did a little bit when I was when I was you know a lot younger and 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 desperate. Frankly, I mean, right. I was trying to write my way back in movies um, or TV. Yeah, I wrote I wrote a I wrote a script, and you know, no one's ever going to see it because it's garbage. But I, it was. It was good for me to go through the process. I'd like to know what that script's about. It's, <laughs> I it, the pro the, the concept's not bad, but it's it's uh it's it's garbage. But the the process of trying to fill a, a blank page is oh, you got to give me the story, Jason. It's you gotta, really daunting. Right? You got to give me the story. What's the, what's what the, the movie? The, the what's concept? the movie about? It's just another one of those kind of like you know that Albert Brooks um, defending your life. Yeah, it's 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 one along those sort of lines. Oh, okay. You know, one of those right. existential sure. sort of like you die hey, for a minute. And... Yeah, if I could do it all over that garbage. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. Um, so how, but, when, how old are you when you wrote that? Uh, twenty one, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Just when you know when you know zero oh, and everything just sounds last, so good when was the last time you took a look at that script i uh i don't know i don't know if i ever i i will i will when i'm super brave uh, but it's there's so many precious you know with a storyline like that you there's inevitably a half dozen if not a dozen scenes where there's some really important shit said yeah you know yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's just i will i'll uh, it'll just Oh, the arrogance of it just, just as youthful it's so precious of, yeah oh god it's great but what it did for me yeah. was it really it I, i'll never forget how difficult that is right so you, they, what it did for you is like i'm not doing this or i just really respect right. what an what a writer goes through yeah. i mean it's you literally need to stare at a wall yeah and and it's and horrible. get yourself really quiet and eat a lot of bad food yeah and just like pace around the discipline is insane so when you do a movie like um was it the 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 Rotten Bosses movie? The horrible bosses. Horrible yeah. bosses. So yeah. you now, like, how does that work? Rotten now, bosses didn't clear. Oh, it didn't. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> horrible bosses, right? Yes, sir. The second one. There was two. Yeah, and the first one's funny. First one's the, funny. First yeah, one did some money. Did. Second one was garbage as far as box office goes. They they. Um, I, who knows whether it was on the merits or the or the or when they released it, but um, it did not do any money. But when you get an offer like that, you know what the score is. You like it. Oh yeah, no, that's a paycheck for everyone. Yeah, that's a, everyone's getting paid. It's a freebie, and and it's it's the audience's fault. You know, 
don't don't go out and buy a bunch of tickets for the first one unless you want a second one because we don't have any discipline in this town you know it's a path of least resistance and but and, when you get offered something like that there's no party that's sort of like let me see the script you're like how much yeah you don't want to be that guy you, ever, you know yeah. well i don't know i mean yeah. what now in in our defense though yeah. uh we we did we you know the three charlie and jason and i are we're we're pretty cynical about about this i mean we 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 had this conversation like we're having right now right. like we can't just make it suck i mean everyone's gonna know yeah we're, it's a layup yeah but yeah. let's at least try to make it let's let's let it hold up to to some cynical scrutiny you know let, <laughs> yeah. let's make sure that it's plausible perhaps and that let's make sure we play our characters dumb enough to justify these shitty decisions right, and right. we we tried to make sure it wasn't full of holes and so we worked really hard on the story um and uh and and had a really good time shooting it. You did. Oh God, yeah. I like. I don't. I would. But when you watch it, and like it had a hell of a cast. I mean, they were really banking on on something. Yeah. I listen. I I love I love both of them. I think they're both really yeah. really good. It, it's a, it's just a question of did anybody really care? Like, right. Uh, you know about I mean, the movie. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people saw the first one. But there are plenty of films that made a lot of money that n no one is interested in well, seeing it's, another it's one. It's interesting. When something like that tanks, I mean, does it come back to you at all? Uh, it come back to me in the sense like uh, that's like, a ding? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure it does in some respects, but you're somewhat insulated in that it's an ensemble. And, sure. And it's right. people Jay, are, it's, hang it on Jamie. Hang, yeah, it, hang like, it on Kevin. Hang it on. I have to think that, you know, well, we'll hang on a second. Jason Bateman's in it. I'm not seeing that shit. <laughs> You know, I have to. I have to assume that that I'm Come not on. the sole repellent. Right, right. I think it was. Uh, it had to have been basically. Uh, people just weren't interested in seeing an, uh, another one. Like, right. We sure. saw the first one. Uh, yeah. We had fun, but yeah. I don't need to go see a second one. And it's Thanksgiving, and I'm with my family, <laughs> and I'm not going to take my mom and dad to go see. You know. Right. Uh, cock jokes yeah you know <laughs> for two hours i guess there is a reason r-rated comedies don't get released during a big family vacation sure but you had a good time making it i did, I did well yeah. I, we I shot it here oh yeah so it was easy it's you rare. got to hang out with your family mm -hmm. yeah and the family's good you're happy i could not be happier i'm very very lucky knocking on the wall well, i'm happy for you it's a hell of a story and then that, that movie you just directed sounds great what's it called family fang and it sounds like a dog movie but it's uh that was when's the it released uh, we don't know. We're going to sell it uh, in the next couple of months. Great, and the gift looks compelling. Yeah, it's that's a that's a great movie. It's um, I I think people will really really dig that. I mean, no one bleeds in it, so don't go in thinking, oh great, it's a horror film, slasher film. It it, it would underwhelm that that sort well, of drive. But it's got that menace. It, the the trailer. Oh, seems it's, menacing. it's very suspenseful, and it's a thriller, and you will be scared. But it, it's not a slasher film. You know? Right. Yeah. All right. Well, it was great talking to you. You too, man. I'm really glad to be here. It's good. You for it was great me. talk. Thanks, man. That was fun. Was that fun? It was fun. Jason Bateman's fun. I like him. Good dude. I appreciate him coming down. I appreciate you listening. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Get on the mailing list. Get a little merch if you like the posters. The books are gone, but the posters are there. Get some JustCoffee.coop while you're there. You can uh, you can uh, see the episode guide is helpful if you're new to the show. WTFPod.com slash guide. That's everyone who's been on. 
What else? Australia, I'm coming. Sydney on Thursday, October 15th at the State Theatre. Melbourne on Friday, October 16th at the Palace. Brisbane, Saturday, October 17th at City Hall. Tickets are on sale starting tomorrow, August 7th. Go to Ticketmaster.com.au. I didn't even prepare to play guitar. I have not. I'm not even prepared. Hold on. Boomer lives!